0: Good evening, lunatics. Why? I just got a message. It says it looks like this broadcast was deleted on Facebook. Try creating a new broadcast. Oh, good grief! I hate Facebook with a passion. Well, welcome, YouTube uh, <laughs> lunatics. Um,
1: if you're if you're on Facebook, we might not be welcoming you, but
0: we'll yeah. fix that here momentarily. Y- y'all, so. y'all figure it out eventually. Um, so it is friday march 10th we're back with you for another episode of the podcast uh we've had an exciting week got some new drivers in training um i just got back from a whirlwind trip to the virginia border and uh (laughs) walked in with about five minutes to spare and so we're going to talk about oil tonight we have a guest um and um they reached out a few weeks ago, and they're like, "Hey, would you would you like to talk about Rotella?" And I'm like, "Absolutely, because that's what we use." Uh, what have you been using Rotella for? What probably, uh, probably since years?
1: before you were here. Um, yeah, when when you know when when I started putting tr- uh, drivers and trucks, uh, we went to Rotella mainly because it was easy to find and we could get it at Walmart pretty cheap. So, um, that's the primary
0: reason. That might we be, that might be question. Number one is like, Hey, where's the T six? Yeah. Cause I could use <laughs> some. you know? Yeah. exactly. <laughs> exactly. So
1: at the time, you know, I was using, um, Oh, Chris, help me. I was using that, that, uh, racing oil. Um, um oh, Schaefer Schaefer Schaefer, but I, you know, I, I, I was, you know, I, I was located here. I mean, I could come here and I could replenish it, it. It, you know, it was easy for me to do that. Once I started putting drivers and trucks, getting chaffer on the road was not an easy thing to do. So, and it's yeah. really expensive. So, yeah. uh, and I couldn't really tell the difference. I mean, you know, you, you know, us we, we tested a lot of oils and it, I just, it I, you know, now our guest yeah. and I is probably going to tell me all the things about it that we didn't <laughs> know. But, um, from the end user standpoint, Uh, no oil that I've ever used has been significantly different in, in things that I can measure and I can, uh, you know, uh, you
0: know, um, whatever. So, so, um, well, we all, so we always talk about your truck that has 1.8 million miles. Yes, sir. What would you say 40, 50% of that mileage was on Rotella?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure.
2: Yeah.
0: Um,
1: now, uh, before we get too far along here, let's recognize our sponsor. Oh, yeah. So, let's do we that. Probably should start out doing that before we get too far along. Uh, yeah. You can tell you're in broadcast uh, professionalism here, but uh, we do need to recognize the fact that Pittsburgh Power brings you these episodes every week. Um, mm-hmm. I've been using Pittsburgh Power products since 2008 or 9. Um, one of the first things I did to my truck when I bought it was put the OPS. Bypass oil filtration system on it. Um, And we're going to talk about that tonight with our guest. Um, And so, um, and now, of course, with uh, emission trucks, uh, we we use the uh, max mileage fuel borne catalyst on all of our vehicles that have emissions. And um, besides being a customer, we're also a stocking distributor now. So, as part of our sponsorship package here, we
0: do have the products and they're readily available. So, anyway, you take it from there. Well, without further ado, let's bring on our guest. Uh, I need to click a couple of buttons here. And <clears> here we go. Karen, welcome to the Blue Ribbon Podcast. You are among lunatics, so okay. be ready for anything.
2: All right. I'm warned.
0: You've be, be um, yeah. <laughs> Now, I'm sorry. Remind me your, your last name again. Howman. Howman. H-A-U-M-A-N-N. Howman. Uh, what one interesting note my wife's name is Karen and also spells her name with an I, so you know, yeah, so it's rare. Um, not very common, yeah, yeah, because for now 17 years or so, I've had uh, the what's your name, Karen K A R I N. I have to spell it every time because, listen, she gets real, real bent out of shape about that E, you know, yeah, that E is important. Uh, so. So give us a little background. Let's start out uh, who you are, um, you know, kind of how you got in the business and what you're doing now, and uh, we'll just kind of go from there.
2: Okay. So my role now is I am the OEM uh, technical services manager for Shell Rotella, and I've been in the engine oil business about a dozen years. I started out at uh, Southwest Research Institute, as a uh, dynamometer test development engineer. So I'm a mechanical engineer by background and and started out doing all of the tests that we run to qualify oils for whatever specification is is on the bottle. So I did that for several years and then moved to Shell and um, started a uh, customer... Technology liaison role um, on the passenger car side, which is what I do now in, in heavy duty. So I, um, I'm the representative between our technology group that develops new products and the customer. So whether that's the OEM or, or the fleet or the industry specifications, I just make sure that, that all of the performance needs of the oil are being, being met and, and built into the products.
1: When you say OAM, you're talking about Freightliner, Peterbilt, Packard. That's right. Okay, that's right. Well, let's just start. How in the world did you get in the oil business?
2: Oh, gosh. Um, Coming out of engineering school, I went to, you know, I lived in San Antonio for 30 years and Southwest Research was this prestigious engineering research facility and, um, took a job there in their fuels and lubricant division and got involved in the the dyno testing and um, you know several years down the road you kind of realize wow I'm becoming an expert in this and um, this right. is going to be my <laughs> if I don't jump ship now this is going to be my legacy I'm going to be you know one of the handfuls of, of engine oil experts in the in the industry and you know 12 years later. I'm the uh, the chairperson of the new category development team for PC12. So APIs new specification coming up. I'm herding those cats now.
1: Okay. Now you a chemical engineer? Is that your mechanical? Mechanical. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Impressive. So, um, well, you just tipped. You just touched on something. Let's discuss. You know, we okay. we see these the classifications on the bottles. You know, I think it used to be. Uh, and help me here. Um, what was the CDC? Uh, um, long ago, yeah. Long ago, I think when I first started, CD was what we had to find, mm-hmm. and now it's CF, I guess it is, or CK. Kind of help- I'm sorry. CK for C- CK. Okay.
2: Yeah.
1: Now are on they the donut? Are they backwards compatible? Yes. So you can, if you use the newest iteration, you can use on any diesel engine backwards.
2: Yeah, that's a big priority because diesel engines live for so long that when we right. develop a new specification and we add new bells and whistles to the formulations and the requirements we, we have to make sure that it meets the needs of um, older engines because typically especially in the US market when the new engine oil comes out it, it just replaces the previous category in, in the industry I mean you can only have so many many bottles on the shelves right. and and that type of thing sure. there's been a bit of a nuance added to that when the last category was introduced in 2016 with FA four. Um, and that's been adding lower viscosity grades. Now those obviously are not backward compatible cause there's nothing to be backward compatible to, right. um, because those were new grades into, into the system. So we're, we're, we're having to deal with that. Um, and I don't know what level of detail you want to go into on that, but um, it, it, we're, <clears throat> our priority is to maintain backward compatibility so that sure, sure. you can use one oil in all your products.
1: We, 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 you know, we get that question a lot, especially, you know, um, we, we promote a, 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 an oil bypass system, a product called OPS. You may be familiar with it, me may not be. Uh, it's called Oil Purification Systems, and I've been using it since 2009. So what it does is it, with oil pressure, um, s- s- gradually over the course of a day, it, it removes uh, a little bit of oil all day long from the main uh, oil uh, galleys and then puts it through a four micron um, solids filter and then puts it through a heated chamber to remove um, liquid contaminants. And so in the in course of a day, you've got uh, almost the, the whole 11 gallon sump has been put through this, you know, this onboard filtration system. Um, and that has keeps this, this oil very, very, very clean because obviously you filter it down to four microns is pretty, um uh, is pretty good, you know, by itself. Newer engines are adapting some of this, you know, th- they are now doing a lot of this onboard filtration, but probably not to that level of, of, uh, of microns. Uh, and then certainly, probably not to the with the evaporation system or, or the heated the heated chamber. Um, so we've always looked at oil as a um, as a as needed maintenance. You know, we part of our maintenance program here, Karen, is that uh, we know that that solid filter in normal use, uh, highway use, is good for about twenty-five thousand miles. So that we use that for our maintenance interval. So at 25,000 miles, we change that that solid uh, filter, uh, solids filter, and then we take a lab sample, and we send a sample to a lab, um, and they go through and and analyze it. Uh, You, this is probably right down your alley, and they look at all the thing, all the contaminants, all the, the the wear metals, all everything that's going on in that oil, and they give us a report. Uh, part of that report is whether or not the oil is still doing what it's supposed to do. Uh, does, is, are, are any of the additives need to be replenished or, or, or whatever, you know? And so um, because, of that, because of that procedure, we're able to extend the drains on our, on our oil for extremely long periods of time. Now, I'm going to freak you out a little bit here because this truck Chris is talking about, the one that I bought in 2009 has 1.85 million miles on it currently. And that truck has had four oil changes in its lifetime. Um, none of those oil changes were, di- were dictated by the lab results. It's just in my uh, attempt to try to find the best oil, uh, I wanted to change brands and, and, and so forth. So I went through a series of, of different brands and, and ended up stopping with Rotel, uh, um, so, and, and obviously, uh, you know, we, we kind of use this as a selling point for this product because it lowers the maintenance costs because you're not throwing oil down the drain. Obviously it's, that's, not necessary. And so, uh, and we, we obviously with the lab samples, we're monitoring the, the condition of the engine, the condition of the oil. Uh, if it needs to be replenished, we can replenish it by just adding makeup oil mm-hmm. um, or base you know, now we have a product that can, that can replenish the base without even having to add the oil. Um, so tell me what you think about that, and, 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 and you know, t- t- just give me your opinion of, 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 that, of that process, what we just talked about.
2: So I, I'm not familiar with that system. This is the most, <laughs> most in-depth explanation that, that I've gotten um, of that system, but I, I think I understand um, conceptually what it does. Um, you know, I'm glad that you're monitoring things, not only like, um, wear metals and contaminants, but also additive technology, because Mm -hmm. that, you know, those additives deplete, many of them are, are surface activated. And so, um, you'll see the level being reduced in the oil as they find a place to live on the, on the surfaces of, of the engine. Um, Adding
1: to the base, is... we yeah we find that but when you when you lengthen the drain interval to the extent that we do, the base goes away uh, gradually. Now, now I'm not talking about a lot, but where where it might be, I don't know. The number might be five. You're talking 000.
2: about the total base number.
1: Total base, mm-hmm. yeah. Its ability to handle acid. Okay. Okay. So the the alkalinity, you know, so. Um, that base number depletes as we de- extend this drain. Um, now, if your truck, if, an, if it's an older truck, I mean, we drive older trucks, they all use oil. So, when you add a couple of gallons of makeup oil between these oil changes, you're putting the base right back in, along with all the other adds, by the way. It's the problem that comes in with these newer trucks that are very tight and don't use a lot of oil, and you extend the drains, well, then the base starts going away. So, you, so we now have a, a very, very new product. Matter of fact, it's really not even retail available yet. Uh, called base boost, and it just basically puts a tablet of, you know, of, of alkalinity in the in the oil. I guess is what it does in a layman's terms, you know. Um, but but yes, that's that's the, the total base is what I'm talking about. You know, it goes from like a five point something number; it'll drop down into threes or something like that, and then you know that triggers a a um, a, 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 a a notice: hey, your your base is a little low. We need to we need to do something about that.
2: So I'm not a chemical engineer. I'm not a formulator, but I, I, I do know that that your base typically comes from the detergent. Okay. And so you know, essentially, it sounds like you, you know you're adding. So there's there's several different things in the additive system. There's there's detergents and anti and uh, uh, viscosity modifiers, um, antioxidants, those types of things, and they all have um, a very delicate balance. So, we have nine engine tests that we have to run when we qualify in oil for, for API to get that donut on there um, and any of the OEM specs for that matter. And we find that adding, adding something, you know, adding additional detergent, say for instance, to help us on the deposit test can offset some of the performance in the other tests. So we have to be very careful. It's a multi-variable problem that we're trying to solve and get a balance. And so it just makes me a little nervous when anybody talks about adding any kind of um, additive to the oil because you can easily throw some of those off, especially as I mentioned before, some of those additives are surface activated. And if you've got too much of one surface active Additive, it's going to fight for space and crowd out the others, and so you just have to be really careful um, that you're not thrown off the the delicate balance.
0: It's very it's very rare that like with the example of base, it's very rare that we see that like he said because like we have one truck that we don't have much history on. We don't know that it, the engine's been rebuilt, but we're thinking it has to have been rebuilt. Because the truck has 1.3 million miles and doesn't use any oil, you know, in it. And so over time, we'll do, we'll get to 25, 50, 75,000 miles and that base number starts dropping. And mm-hmm. so we'll dump three gallons out, put three new gallons in, and then the number comes back up.
2: When you say <clears> dropping, what what, what, is the, what is the limit that raises your eyebrows and gets you concerned um, that you are the biggest? I will,
0: let me pull, I'll, uh, y'all, y'all keep talking and I'll pull one up. Well, uh, well, what he's talking about is if if, it,
1: if we if we start seeing these numbers, you know, the viscosity change or the base mm-hmm. number go away or whatever, we just drain out a couple, three gallons just to get room in the engine to get right. three new gallons in, you know. Right. Uh, so mm-hmm. we're just basically replenishing with, with new, you know, with, with new oil. What, what we find is the oil itself doesn't really necessarily go bad. It's the additive package, you know, that we need to replenish.
2: Yeah, um, and over the years in the, our our newer formulations, so our our CK4, our current formulations, um, total base number isn't the end all the be all like it used to used right, to be, you know. Right. If it was below 2, you know, you better you better change your oil. Now we see pushing well below that because one of the things that we do is we accumulate millions of miles on the oil um, and do oil analysis to be able to see how far can we push out drain intervals and what's the performance of the oil, how is the additive package holding up. Right. Uh, and we find that um, we've really pushed the TBN lower than, than anybody had felt comfortable in the past and then torn the engine down at, you know, 500 or 700,000 miles to see what the parts look like. Because right. now we can compare the, the oil sample results to what does this mean, you know, with, with the parts and see that, you know, everything looks great. So with the newer chemistry types, um, total base numbers starting out aren't as high and, um, they can go much lower and, and still be okay. And we have a hard time convincing some people that, that no, your total base number is not too (laughs) low at, at two, you're, you're fine. Um, Mm
1: Well, and you know we're we're at the mercy of the lab when we do this because, you know they you know th- we we're very um, careful about not mixing up products. You know uh, mm-hmm. I say that because right now sometimes your T6 is hard. We we prefer to use your 5W40 T6. Okay, okay. Um, I, and uh, we'll talk about the reasons for that here in a second. But um, but now sometimes we get a guy on the road and it just doesn't have it, can't find it, and we got to put it all in the truck. You know. But Mm -hmm. normally we don't do that. Normally we try to keep only what, you know, because when we send this lab sample in, we have to tell the lab what's in there. You know, they they can't just Mm -hmm. check it for anything. So they have to know. So when we're running our, our, our program really, really tight, uh, you know, they know exactly what oil is in there and they know exactly how many gallons we've added since the last sample. So, you know, the sampling process is pretty, uh, the integrity is pretty, pretty, pretty much there. Um, occasionally nowadays, like I say, we might have to slip in a gallon of something else. And then we note that on the lab sample so that they know, well, there's going to be a little bit of this oil in there, you know, and so like, and they can make, uh, um, uh, allowances for that. Here's an example of one of our, of one of our lab tests. So this is the bottom of it. Um, these are, these are the so results. So it looks
0: like over about 100,000 miles, the first sample was at 25,000, the fourth sample is at 122,000. Uh, the base number dropped from 3.3 to 2.57, so, and this is the last sample that we did on this truck. So it should be coming due for another one, and we had dropped three gallons and put three gallons in it. So I'll be interested to see what the next sample looks like, and there will be about 150,000 miles or so on that oil. Now,
1: um, so, Karen, you, uh, you see the colors there. Obviously, the white and green are considered normal. The two orange colors are considered abnormal, or, or, or you should watch it. And if it's mm-hmm. really, really out, it's in, it comes back in red. So mm-hmm. this is an indicator where here, you know, they're, they're, they're pointing out that on that. And also, you're seeing a history there of four different samples. You can see mm-hmm. the one through four. So the latest sample the only thing that comes back is the base, you know, because it's mm-hmm. gone from threes down to twos. So now whether or not this lab, no, and well, another thing too, is this is, uh, this is T6. I don't know that we tell the lab what iteration it is of the, um, of the, uh, what's the, what's the thing? You, what's the CK? What, what do you, what's that? What's the CK4?
2: It, it'll all be, it'll all be CK4. We, we don't have, I don't think okay. we have any CJ4 left in in okay. the market. I'm curious to know why you don't have the acid number, because that's your, in that's a good indicator. You don't track uh, acid. Well, so as your base goes down, your acid goes up,
1: goes up. Right. I guess they figure if we keep the base in line, the acid's going to be taken care of. That's a good question. I don't know the answer to that, but I certainly will answer that question. Now that you've asked mm-hmm. me that. Yeah. We'll that's an out. important,
2: that's an important one that why you
1: No acid. You number. Okay. I'm going to check that out. So, um, I assume if you're managing the 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 uh, the base, that the acid's going to be in line. But I, you know, again, I I don't I'm certainly not a mechanical or a chemical engineer. Um, but this uh, this lab is very very well thought of, and and um, I, I, I don't I'm going to ask him that question though. So I'm glad you brought that up. So
2: so there used to be years ago the rule of thumb was as your base goes down, your acid comes up, and when the right. two cross over. That's the point where we change our oil. Well, we have That's found right. in the last eight or 10 years, and as formulations have changed, we can push out way past the crossover point. Okay. 10, 20, 25,000 miles. So it, it used to be a very conservative when, when your acid number comes up and meets where the base is coming down. That was the oil change part. Chris, and look so at we,
1: another oil sample see if it's on another. Look at mine. Look at my truck and see if it's on there. Uh, 'Cause well, that goes uh, back several years. So
0: Yeah. Wh- one thing that I was curious about was how um well, never mind. The thought just left me. So I'm just gonna go back to looking for this and I'll uh, yeah. Um,
1: drugs. So um while he's doing that, Karen, so what is your recommended uh interval, oil change interval then with with, with the T six
2: product? So we <clears> don't Specify an interval based on product. We recommend that you follow your engine manufacturer's recommendation because we work closely together with engine manufacturers and, and we, we test our oils and they test our oils while they're designing the engine and so it's kind of um, developed as a system based on you know, operating temperatures and, and clearances and, and all those kinds of things. Um, having said that, um with an oil analysis program, we've we've gotten a system where we can extend your oil drain beyond that recommendation. And some OEMs will, will allow that um, if you're on an oil analysis program and you can support that you're taking samples and um and some of them don't. Um and then you know if you're beyond your warranty period, you can, you know it it's less of a less of a concern. You don't have to justify it to the, the engine manufacturer. But what we end up doing is taking, We, you know, we have a program where we'll, we'll take samples and say your uh, OEM-recommended oil drain interval is 35,000 miles. We'll um, take a sample at 35,000 miles and run it for another five and take a sample and, and take a sample every 5,000 miles until we get to a point where we start to see some yellow flags that, you know, make us look, you know, feel a little nervous about it, say that's at, you know, 60, then we would back it off a little bit from there and say, that's your, your oil drain interval. And we can do that with, with fleets by, by picking a small number, a kind of worst case scenario, um, most severe condition, um, trucks and kind of tailor an oil drain interval, an extended oil drain interval that way.
0: Gotcha. So this is interesting. So on this, on this line here, this, uh, blue line, it's not going to show my mouse anyway um there is an acid number right but well that that's a baseline that's that's like the baseline yeah but all of these Mm -hmm. from uh so these are the last five samples we did on the truck there was 231,000 miles on the oil at that time and 1.8 million on the truck and but yeah the base started getting low because we stock we started using less oil because um, we had fixed a major oil leak and then this one point eight million mile truck wasn't using much oil. Um but that's So how very... many
2: miles are on this oil <clears throat> particular this, oil at, charge?
0: At this, at time, this time 230, time? something yeah. on this two hundred and thirty one thousand five hundred on this latest sample. And one million eight hundred and seven thousand on the truck. So
2: yeah, see, we see total base numbers now significantly lower than that.
1: I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm going to uh, bring that up, too. So. so let's switch gears a little bit. Yeah. Let's okay. talk about, let's compare mineral oil and synthetic oil. Okay. So talk us through that, um, you know, the differences, what's better if there's such a thing. Um, why would someone spend the extra money to get full synthetic? Over a synthetic blend or or base mineral oil.
2: So synthetic oil. I mean, the actual term synthetic is is less of a technical term than a marketing term, but it refers to uh, base oils. So when you when you blend up an oil, seventy five percent of it's base oil, twenty percent of it is is additives, and 5% of it or 10% of it is viscosity modifier. So the base oil um, on a synthetic is a more highly refined oil, mineral oil. Um, and so what happens is you end up getting uh, more uniform shaped molecules, and it has typically uh, better cold temperature performance. So we need to use group three or synthetic base oils to be able to blend something like a five w 40 or a 10 w 30, anything that that's, that's lower in that cold temperature range is going to require more, um, highly refined, more synthetic base oils. Um, it has inherently better oxidative stability. So synthetic oils lend themselves much better to longer oil drain intervals. Mm -hmm. Um, by far it has they typically have lower volatility, so better on oil consumption, although oil consumption' is a very complex um, phenomenon that that I don't think anyone fully understands <clears throat> um, so uh, synthetic oils are are better performing base oils, and that's typically why they're they're a little more expensive and um, they, you know, you can compare the the claims, and they typically offer better um, thermal breakdown resistance and oxidative stability, those types of things, and and that's what allows us to blend those lower viscosity oils where you can get the the better fuel economy um, from a from a thinner oil.
1: So I, I talked to a valve. your are equivalent in the valvoline world years ago. I used to be uh, in the automotive industry, and I was. Uh, uh, at, at that time, Mercedes-Benz of America used Valvoline as their recommended oil. And so I had meetings with their uh, engineers as well. And I, I don't remember exactly because it's been 20 years ago, but there was some explanation of how the molecules line up. You know, they're, they're in a straight line instead of all... I mean, does that mean anything, anything to you, Karen, on the molecular yeah, level? Yeah,
2: I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a chemical engineer or yeah. or a chemist. So, um, you know, my my mechanical mind, the way I, I think of it, as um, the the molecular size is more uniform. Right. So, right. you know, compare a pile of rocks to a pile of ball bearings. You know, exactly. the rocks are all kind of just you know everywhere. They're all yeah. different, and you know. Yeah. similar, but not the same, and then you you look at you know a pile of all bearings, and they're all exactly the same
1: so okay, so the synth- you know some of the selling points that you hear about synthetic oil are as you just said uh you can extend the drains because the oil i guess lasts longer because of the properties that are in it um it gets better fuel miles because it has it has a and it, and walk me through why Bec- i guess the viscosity uh being thinner you've got less uh um drain um, uh, less friction in, in, from a layman's terms. Am I close?
2: Yeah, mm. that's exactly right. So the lower the viscosity, the less friction uh, right. in between the parts. So right. what uh, synthetic oils do is because they have better low temperature properties, they allow us to blend to the lower viscosity and still come into back on those low temperature performance, the cold crank simulator and the mini rotary viscometer, those low temperature definitions of the viscosity grade. You can't you can't get there on a full conventional oil um, because you start to come out on those low temperature performance requirements. So it it synthetic oils also have a higher viscosity index or or VI. And the viscosity index is the sensitivity of the oil to change viscosity with temperature. Mm-hmm. So oil gets thicker when it's cold, gets right. thinner when it's hot. That, right. The slope of that line, if you were to plot it, on a conventional oil is much steeper. Sure. And ideally, if we could blend an oil that was the same viscosity at all temperatures, you know, that would be the end-all, the be-all. So we want to try to flatten that line out, and that's where multigrade viscosity viscosities. Have come in where we blend we blend them to behave one way at colder temperatures and one way at hotter temperatures and it just flattens that that curve out so that's the viscosity index and you know coal, uh, synthetic base oils have synthetic oils have a higher viscosity index so we have to use less of things like viscosity modifiers um, is what gives you <clears> that <throat> that multi grade so it just gives us. A blending flexibility to hit a more efficient window with respect to viscosity at cold temperatures and hot temperatures.
1: So, to, to illustrate what you just said there, if you take conventional oil, uh, what we call mineral oil, I guess, in our world, uh, and you take a 1540 a jug and it's 20 degrees outside, and you try to pour that in your motor, it's moving like molasses, okay? If you take that same fifteen forty in a full synthetic out there in the same condition, it pours like water. So, would would that would that be an illustration of what you're talking about about the flattening that viscosity index curve? So they perform the same or similar to the, uh, in in all in all conditions.
2: Yeah.
0: Um... I know the five W forty pours a lot.
2: Yeah, the 15W40 is still, for it to be a 15W40, it's got to have, uh, it's got to be in the right range of viscosity at at cold temperature. So all 1540s are going to pour slower than all 540s at cold temperature. And I don't think that you could take a conventional and a synthetic necessarily and be able to the pourability difference at okay. cold temperatures. So the difference, 15.
1: the difference would be that between the 5W and the 15W, regardless of if it it's conventional or synthetic, they're going to have similar characteristics in cold weather versus hot weather in terms of the viscosity that you see pouring out of a bottle. Yeah.
2: So the 5W is going to be, more easily poured okay. more pumpable than the right. 15 okay now you have to have some mm-hmm. synthetic content to get down to that 5w right because the way that we determine whether or not it's a 15w or a 5w or a 5w is we have a set of cold temperature pumpability tests and it tells us the viscosity at uh the kinematic viscosity and um the dynamic viscosity at cold temperatures. And a 15W40 has to fail the 10W40 test to call it a 1540. Otherwise, it's 10 because it that's pumps right. at a colder temperature. That's so right. we test them in five-degree increments colder, and whichever one it passes, the coldest one, that's the viscosity grade.
1: And that viscosity is a... is, is, a, is a, 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 it's acquired by adding the synthetic properties to base oil. In order to get to a 5W40, you have to add enough synthetic properties to get it there.
2: You have to have a base oil that has an inherent viscosity low enough to get it there.
1: Okay. So I think there's a a huge misunderstanding in the industry between when you say the word synthetic, mm-hmm. and the word mineral or base, it's kind. Of, I think I think you can you can go to the meat market right now and find a, a parallel: real meat versus manufactured meat. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, that, that they meat. Have, they have nothing in common. Okay, zero in common. I think I'm reading between the lines with you that that's not true in the oil world. That both of them are basically. Come out of the ground, mineral oil. One just has some properties added to it that the other one doesn't.
2: The synthetic oils are more highly refined. Right. It, it goes through it goes through extra refining processes. Now there are truly synthetic base oils that you you build from the ground up from from chemicals that are not crude oil. Um, those are typically very expensive, and we don't use them in engine oils. Um, and that's a different class of base oils that are are sometimes used in things like transmission fluids and and industrial fluids. But um, there's really no reason for us to use those are kind of prohibitively expensive, but yeah, synthetic, it it, it has the connotation of it's been synthesized, you know, from the ground up from something rather than refined from crude oil down. And that that's not necessarily the case. Now shell has a base oil that's gas to liquid where we have a, a process where we take natural gas and we synthesize it and turn it into a liquid, and it's a very pure base oil that doesn't have any of the impurities that that a crude refined oil has.
1: And that's you? That's an engine oil?
2: We do use it in some engine oils. Interesting. Um,
1: mm-hmm. And the and the reason for that is because the abundance of natural gas versus petroleum. Yep. Or at yep. least here. Yeah. Okay. Um, shoot, I had a question though. I forgot. Well, I've
0: got something I'm curious about. I I had a guy years ago, I was changing oil in my little pickup truck and this guy walks over and he goes, you ought to put 1540 in there. And I'm like, well, the manufacturer said to use, I don't know, this is an 80s model car. So 10W30 or whatever. And he said, I use 1540 in all my vehicles. And I'm like, well, okay, whatever. Well, then years later, I'm a gearhead and I'm watching these YouTubers and I'm watching this guy's got like a $35,000 race engine and he's pouring T4 1540 down in this race car. And I went, okay. And then there's another guy I watch that does all these like revivals. He'll find a car that's been sitting for 25 years and drag it out of the woods and get it started. And it's and every time it's Rotella 1540. Now he says mm-hmm. it's because the dinosaurs are better. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's technically <laughs> accurate. Um, but it makes me wonder... You know, an an OEM recommendation could possibly be what's better for them, not necessarily what's better for me as a consumer. Am I putting my property at risk by going, okay, well, this is a diesel engine oil, but I'm going to put it in my gas Ram 1500
2: is that really a thing scenarios that you've kind of blurred so let's go back to the first one with the the 80s racing engine so as i mentioned before when we run all these engine tests uh some of the additives will help one test and they're antagonistic to another so in the passenger car world fuel economy is king um we 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 try as hard as we can to to maximize fuel economy And some of the additives are antagonistic to a fuel economy, and the anti-wear additive is is one of them. Now, over the decades, the engine manufacturers have done a very good job of engineering out wear as a problem. There are many more uh, parts that roll together instead of sliding, and so wear in modern engines is just inherently low. And so the engine oils have evolved with the evolution of the technology of the hardware. And so to get more fuel economy, we use less anti-wear because it's not as critical in mm. newer engines. Now, when you take an 80s engine, um, that's going to have a lot more, you know, flat tappet sliding valve trains and those types of things where you're going to have, you're going to need... More anti wear, which we put in Rotella T4, or the heavy duty engine oils have higher treat mm. rates of, of those things. Another kind of evolution on the passenger car side with respect to that is catalyst poisoning. So, you would not want to put, so the example that you just said, you know, your, your 1500 RAM, um, you know, if you were to use a heavy duty diesel engine oil um it has higher limits of phosphorus that exceed the limits on a gasoline and so you you're at risk for poisoning your your catalyst more quickly well in your your 1980s you know hot rod doesn't have a catalyst so it's hmm. it's those older classic cars are much better suited for um, a heavy duty engine oil and it's just the difference in the way backward compatibility has evolved on the gasoline side than on the diesel side. So on the gasoline side, when we have a new category, all the other ones go away. On the heavy-duty side, technically, you could still have a CH4, a CI4, a CI plus, a CJ, a CK. Those are all still in the market somewhere in the world. And so you could go back on your 30-year-old truck and get the oil that was specified for it 30 years ago where you can't do that on the gasoline side.
0: Mm. Interesting. Okay. Well, a lot of these race engines are going to have the roller lifters and the roller uh, uh, rockers and all that kind of stuff for the anti, you know, friction, you know, to make more horsepower. But, um, yeah, I've but always they're wondered. They're
2: in a much more severe condition. And, you know, those, the gasoline engine oils are, are specced for, not for race cars, mm. you know, for, for regular regular-duty gasoline spark-ignited engines.
1: Okay. <clears throat> All right, let's shift gears again. What um, What do you think, what is Shell's position, since that's where you work, on, on aftermarket um, oil additives?
2: We don't recommend that you use any additive of any kind because, you know, to the point I had made earlier, it's... Um, it takes years to develop a product and probably a you know, million dollars in engine tests and iterations back and forth to be able to have a balance so that you have the protection, you have deposit protection, you know, cleanliness and enough, um, antioxidant for oil thickening and, um, Oil breakdown and anti-wear, all of those things. There are there are so many things that we're trying to accomplish. Dispersants, detergents, and they have to work cohesively together as as a system. And so once you throw that balance off, you might be getting you could you could put a load of detergent into your oil, and you you might get the cleanest pistons you've ever seen, but you could end up antagonizing wear. Um, at that expense and and not realize it. So it's a very delicate delicate system. And and you know even take away the bias that I have that I think you know Rotella is the best system. I mean they're, all of the systems are are delicately balanced and and you run the risk of some unintended consequences.
1: You know tr- truck drivers are a, a, a very um, <clears throat> well they're they're a, they're a different breed. Okay. And, and <laughs> mm-hmm. And a lot of them pride themselves on the, the, the mythology that they have been handed and they perpetuate, um, w- you know, with, 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 with things that they have heard is, is good, to, we should do it. Let me give an example, okay? You know, there, you can run into an any truck stop and you'll, you'll find a, a handful of guys or probably a parking lot full of guys. And and they'll beat their chest and they'll. Compl- they'll, they'll I change my oil every fifteen thousand miles religiously, and I throw a mm-hmm. gallon of Lucas in it. I mean, that's their mm-hmm. that's their bri- that's their, their mantra, you know. Um,
2: <clears throat> my dad told me use fifteen W forty. Yeah,
1: yeah, or or yeah, whoever, yeah. whoever, whoever, whoever yeah. that they that they hold on a mm-hmm. pedestal, and mm-hmm. and unfortunately, we have found very few people in this industry that you can put on a pedestal. Um, so particularly anybody in the service side of it, but anyway, the, I guess the point I'm asking here is, is this, um, you know, we're, we're, we're all about fuel mileage here that, you know, our, our thing the reason we use synthetic is, is for the improved fuel economy. You know, uh, it's a, it's a better, it's, it's a better, or as you said, it's a better performing oil in, in different climates. It's, 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 a, it's better for fuel mileage. It's easily uh, obtainable for the most part and it's relatively inexpensive and the fact that we don't throw it down the drain every fifteen thousand miles religiously uh, makes us be able to afford to use it because at retail it's 50 bucks a gallon Uh, a typical diesel engine holds 11 gallons it's 550 dollars in oil every however often you do it so we're so we we have two things here that we're all about it's 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 fuel economy and that's part of the other thing and that is lower cost of operating the vehicle, so if you can not spend five hundred and fifty dollars for oil every fifteen thousand miles or twenty, just pick the number, whatever the OEM says. If you cannot do that and not harm your engine, uh, if you can improve your fuel economy and not harm your engine, that's that's how we settle on the product that we use. That's how we settled on Shell Rotella T6 to begin with, because it fits in our philosophy of lowering the cost of operation of a vehicle, lowering the cost per mile of driving that truck. Um, it allows it, it lends itself very well to the, to the things that we're trying to accomplish. Now, we probably don't understand all the reasons in the background like you do, but on the consumer end, it meets and exceeds what our expectations are to accomplish what the things that we're trying to do. Um, so that's where all this comes together, you know, Uh, extended drains, um, you know, uh, improved economy, um, you know, not harming, you know, the, 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 the extended drains would be, would be risky if it weren't for the lab sampling program. You know, every time we change that filter, we take a lab sample. I mean, it's just like, we now have, you saw that that when there was, there was 40 oil changes on that last sample you saw right there, 40 lab samples. So we have uh, the, the entire medical history of that truck every 25,000 miles, you know? Uh Um, So that, that's how this, that's how we promote this program. That's how we justify the use of it is because how, if you didn't, even if you did change your oil every 25 or whatever number you want to use without sampling, how do you know if you've got fuel intrusion? How do you know if you have high soot or low base or. Any of the other things that you measure for, you find out when it becomes symptomatic, and when it becomes symptomatic, sometimes that's right before it blows up. <clears throat>
2: well, we're proponents of oil analysis for two reasons. It tells you the condition of the oil, but it also indicates the condition of, of the engine. And you can sure. see some things you can't. You cannot predict a catastrophic failure, no. but you can. You can see indications if you've got an intake problem or. You know, an injection timing problem, or you you can see those in uh, in the oil. So it not only tells you the health of the oil, it it can tell you the health of your head of your
0: gaskets.
1: Yeah, because I mean, you mm-hmm. you know, if it, whatever happened has happened in the last twenty five thousand miles or less, okay, right. because you, if it wasn't there last time, it's there now. It just happened at some point in time and now you can look who's going to know they have fuel intrusion until it gets to the point where you smell it in the oil or it blows up or something uh we just had a guy in the last week or two well probably two or three weeks that um he he's uh he's one of our well he's a friend of ours you know he's not it's not our company but he um he uses the ops and he did a lab sample and he just had put injectors in and all of a sudden his fuel intrusion was double from the from the oil from the oil analysis from the one before well i mean it didn't take detective work to figure out that the only thing different about that was that he had somebody in there putting injectors in it and now his fuel okay. intrusion is double well guess what three of the six injectors were bad when he went back and had had him check it out again what's the chances of him knowing that without the without the lab sampling the oil analysis you know so Anyway, um, I'm done preaching to the choir here, but
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> getting back to the oil, uh, the oil additive though, I mean, if there's, there's no reason to add anything to the oil. I mean, it, it, it has everything it needs, uh, from you guys
0: in the bottle, right? Do, do you, have you got in your testing, is there a way to like, um, simulate like a head gasket or like adding coolant and seeing what that like does. Uh, You know, we we have seen, we've seen coolant intrusion, we've seen fuel dilution. Uh, Coolant means, you know, we've got a head gasket, it was a head gasket. But I'm wondering in this testing, have they ever tried to like simulate what, how, because like if we have coolant intrusion, we will dump a gallon of Lucas in it. Um, just to kind of help add some viscosity to protect the bearings until we can get the truck, but we're not going to leave it that way. But I'm just wondering, in this testing, if ever do they try to add like problems to it to see what that does and how well the oil protects? Or is that you No,
2: much? because we don't remediate problems in that way. Um, you know, tinkering with the oil in situ. Um, if the, if there's a if there's an issue where you've got you know high potassium high sodium and you've got a a coolant leak and, you know that there's no oil fix to that you need to fix the coolant leak and change the oil so we don't we don't do that I mean I I think maybe some of the engine manufacturers you know may you know do do some of that kind of you know testing to failure type things. Um, But no, we don't. We don't test for um, abnormal situations.
1: So there's nothing you can add to the additive package that would be a corrective measure that's already built in.
2: No, if you got a coolant leak, you got to fix the coolant leak. There's no. I mean, there's no correcting it with the oil.
1: Right. So I'm gonna put you on the spot, okay, Karen? What's his difference between Rotella? and valvoline and delvac and all your other competitors what what's the difference why is yours better or why is what makes it different than the other one
2: well um we start out we all start out with the api industry specification with the donut currently ck4 we've talked about and that sets a uh, it's a set of performance parameters that's the minimum standard for the industry and any Oil that carries that donut is going to meet those minimum standards. Right
1: at Rotella, let me. i just say, just to clarify, this donut she's talking about on the on the jug, there's a round
2: donut. label. Looks like a donut.
1: <laughs> it looks like a donut, and a donut. in there are these specs Is They're API specs, and that's where you see the CK and and that sort of thing, and all the specs. And every oil, all oils have to have that on the bottle. That's how. That 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 tells you what's in there, basically, right? And and the and the application form. Right. So you wouldn't right. want to use a a non uh, diesel spec, whatever that might be, in a diesel engine. So that's why it's on there for let you know what that. Um, it meets the, minimum the current
2: industry minimum yeah. requirements for oh. a heavy duty diesel diesel Got that. oil. Okay, I'm sorry.
1: You continue on.
2: So when we when we formulate our products. We have all of our Rotella products are our premium products, and so we formulate just to a higher standard. So if, um, let's just take one of the, one of the tests, um, you know, a, a wear test. If, if the limit is X, we want to be, you know, X plus 20% so that we, we claim, we know that we are 20% greater than the industry standard. So we have a set of requirements that at Shell Rotella are are higher than the minimum standard, so that we know that we um, meet a higher standard and have higher performance. And then, as part of our development, what we do is we partner with some fleets and with some engine manufacturers and and some owner operators and put the oil in the trucks and we collect. Uh, millions of miles on the product and then tear the engines down to make sure that that we actually, in fact, exceed the the minimum standard in a meaningful way that is better than our competitors.
1: So is there do you do you and, and I understand if you can answer this question. OK, but do you do you have uh, I mean, laboratory conditions where you compare your product to the others? And do you measure your product against the con- your competitors? And you have like yeah, we, measurable results?
2: We do some benchmarking, yeah. And we have um, you know, we, we have the data from, from the standardized tests that show that we're um, you know, 24% greater in, in where or whatever the test is for the product. I mean, all the products are, are slightly different. Um, but our claims are all sust- substantiated with data.
0: Right? Is there anyone? So, so there's a body of some sort that sets these standards, right? Mm-hmm. The API is API. Is there anyone uh, outside doing the testing to 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 verify your claims versus mobile or um? um a- a-
2: API does some auditing. Those are typically, you know, the chemistry tests. To make sure that everybody is is putting out formulations that are actually certified, we run the engine test as part of the development, and we provide that data to API. And those are all certified tests done at independent labs, uh, all ASTM standardized tests. Um, you know, those tests are, are are lengthy and expensive, and so we don't just you know run a, a T11 test at you know, however many hundreds of hours um, on, on competitor products. Um, but, but, you know, we supply the data when we get our certifications.
1: What about okay. what I'm, I'm going to call them boutique oils, Schaefer, mm-hmm. Amsoil, uh, that purple, whatever the, uh, is, 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 do you guys test against those as well? Is there, is there a difference between those types of products and just all the other oils that are out there on the shelf?
2: Mm -hmm. We don't test our oils against our competitors. We test oils against specifications and standards. So if you take a bottle of Rotella or, I don't know if it's beyond the bottle on the label or the technical data sheet, there'll be a list this long of, uh, you know, Volvo, Cummins, Detroit Diesel, JSO, uh, all of those. For you know, we, we test to those standard, and so it, it takes more than – and those standards are all a little bit different, so we've got to be able to, to meet each one, and so that's how you can, you can really objectively tell a better quality oil by the claims that they make according to what specifications they've tested against. That's the real objective way. When you pull a bottle off the shelf and it just has a donut and it doesn't have any OEM specifications, right. that product meets the minimum and that's it. They haven't done any extra. They're not meeting the, the extra Volvo oxidation requirement. And when you, you know, f- find a, a product like Rotella that's got 12 OEM OEMs. specifications, and yeah. that's just all that additional mm-hmm. testing that's been done.
1: So a couple other questions. Um, what happens to oil when it's drained in, in, into, the, into the pit? Where does that oil go, and what, what's it used for, and where does it show up again?
2: Oh, that's a good question. You know, I'm not super familiar with that process, although I know that there is um, kind of a new newish um, system where some of that oil is being recycled and re-refined,
1: do you um, guys do any re-refining of used oil?
2: No, we don't re-refine used oil. You don't, have, you don't oil. have a
1: private label product that is from refined oil, okay? No. Um, so here's the here's here's going to be the probably the last question from me, okay?
0: Okay. I'm hoping it's the same as mine.
1: When and where are we are we going <laughs> to yep, be able to it. buy your stuff? You know, <laughs> when's <laughs> T6 going to be readily available again? Because I'm about to run it out. I bought a supply of it. And uh, we're we're starting to suck air, okay? So, <laughs>
2: are you still having a hard time finding T6?
0: Well, no. I'm in West Virginia, in, in I and mean, there's all the one
1: places. Yes,
0: there's one distributor, and I checked with them a week or so. We had bought a, a 55 gallon of of Valvoline Premium Blue uh-huh. because we were desperate. Ooh. Like I'm gonna have to like I'm gonna have to do something. So it's just sitting there; it hadn't been open, and the crisis passed and i thought okay well I'll, I'll get rid of this valvoline and and i called them up and i'm like hey i, I need another 55 gallon drum a t6 and they're like oh we don't have any i'm like when you gonna get we don't know so i mean we're still struggling i mean we, well, i i had a i had a uh we did a bull gear on a truck and i'm, I'm sorry we do we, uh, ops and we had order five gallons from walmart and six gallons from amazon and they were both racing each other to get here, but couldn't find it locally. Couldn't get it at Walmart. Um, uh, most of the auto parts stores were out and I'm like, I need a 55 gallon drum like yesterday and I can't find it.
1: <clears throat> or, or just, you know, like the regular, you know, we used to, our, you know, our, our guys would just, when they go to Walmart to buy groceries, they would just buy two or three gallons, one thought in the truck. Yeah. Can't do that anymore. It's not there, you know, uh, not, not reliably there. Um, so the distribution is still not where it was pre-pandemic uh, by a long shot, you know?
2: Um, so our production, and, and as you know, there were some supply chain interruptions and a series of tragic events that led to um, a shortage in, in some of our products. And, and honestly, it was, it was, everybody had just engine oil was, was hard to, was hard to come by. Um we did struggle for for quite some time, and last I heard was at least six months ago that our production levels are are back to normal. Now, Good. how long that takes to trickle down through the distribution chain to get onto the shelf, uh, frankly, I'm surprised in March to hear that there's still some scarcity there, but we're back to pre-production or pre-production um, Interruption,
1: production. That's good. No, we, there, you know, there's a conspiracy theory out there for a while that there's some additive that you have that was no longer being made. Only two people in the world made it, and they were shut down. And you guys couldn't make your oil because the secret sauce wasn't available to you guys. Now, that was an internet rumor. I have no idea. Oh yeah, on, but, um, yeah, but this anyway.
0: guy, this guy went viral on TikTok, and he was saying it's over. You're all done. They can't. They can't get the additive, and it, it's everybody, and it's Shell, and it's Mobile, and it's and they're all done. You're not gonna get any more oil, mm-hmm. and it just went <laughs> like wildfire. Yeah, and it sounded yeah. like
1: bullshit you, to
2: me.
0: Uh, but... are you going to be at the uh,
1: the big truck show in a couple of weeks? I am. Are you? Oh, I well, will seriously. That
2: mm-hmm.
1: Okay, well, we are going to be mm-hmm. there too, so uh, we will certainly I'll look
2: you the up. I'll be there
1: uh bring a couple of 55 gallon drums with of t6 okay <laughs>
0: just, we'll just a, we'll throw them a, just throw those in your carry on and just we, bring them oh them boy last
2: year on. at matt's was we took a beating last year at matt's i bet i bet you did yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we did it was it, it was pretty rough but um it just shows that you know we've we've got a great engine oil and people like we it do. and are committed to using it and
1: well, yeah. I'm to, I'm let me going um, that, that, uh, that truck with 1.85 million miles on it, um, half of those are Shell Rotel. The last, the last half, uh, important the important half. And, half. And, and, and that's with no engine work at all. I mean, it uh, never had an end frame. I mean, we, it, had a def- that, it was a Mercedes motor, so it has six separate heads uh, by okay. design. And there was a yeah. defect in the head design, so they replaced the heads. But those just bolted onto the top. They didn't have to take right. the engine down. And when they took those heads, that was done like a couple hundred thousand miles ago. Mm-hmm. When they took those heads off, the crosshatch
0: in all those cylinders was just like brand new at wow. 1.8 million miles. Okay. Let so. me real quick, I want to roll through our comments because we had some comments from the audience. Let me, there was a couple. Um, <clears throat> here's one. I'll let you take this one, uh, Karen. <laughs> is it pronounced oil or oil?
2: In Texas, <laughs> um, it's oil. Oh, um, that's right. Oil.
0: Below um, the Mason-Dixon line is oil.
1: That's oil, right. Okay? That's right. If it's above their Yankee version, that's oil. Okay, so.
0: So, do the additives in the oil stay the same with the new iterations of the oil, or is it something different? So, is it like levels, so or you?
2: If you're talking about iterations like CJ4 and CK4, it is. A, it's chemistry's evolved because the requirements change. And it's back to that optimization. You can't just add a little extra something without making some changes. And and additive chemistries are changing all the time, um, and advancing. So um, they do they do change.
0: Okay. Makes sense. Um, what do the detergents and other things do to help the engine? So we're, we're probably just talking wear and and everything yeah the biggest thing
2: for detergents is keeping the pistons clean Mm -hmm. so the rings can continue to seal well it cuts down on oil consumption keeps your after treatment system clean because it keeps you from from burning oil um, and getting uh, those inorganic compounds into the after treatment system Um, basically the cleaner your engine the better
0: Okay. Um, I think that is all, uh, that's all we had from the audience. So, all right, well, we appreciate you being here with us. Uh, I've learned a ton. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. and, uh, we'll, here's we'll, stop something, by,
1: we'll stop by and see you at Matt's Karen. Okay. So. There's, there's something
0: that you have said in your presentation I was going to ask and now I can't remember what it was. I was hoping she'd prove you wrong. Um, But I I guess that I I said
1: in my presentation.
0: Yeah, we were talking about oil because, well, it because we've always thought that synthetic didn't come out of the ground, or at least I did, you know. But Mm -hmm. we've learned now that all oil comes out of the ground and then it's refined. Um,
2: uh, There are some synthetics, but they're not commonly used in engine oil because they're. not
0: so uh, well i guess the last question what so we've talked a lot about diesel oil what products does shell have for my pickup truck what is it um what 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 oil she's a diesel expert chris she's well not i know but company. she works for shell
2: well actually i came from the gasoline i'm I've had oh, more experience go. on the gasoline okay. side so you know, i pencil, tried to give pencil? i tried to give you an
0: <laughs>
1: out okay i tried to i tried to throw you a lifeline <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: penzoil Platinum is going to be our equivalent to our T6.
0: Oh, okay. Shell penzoil duh. Okay, yeah. That's what Platinum. What's, that's what's in my truck right now. Uh, got, and it Wisconsin said, natural gas what truck do you, uh, what truck uh Ram f- fifteen hundred Ram, the Hemi, and it said five yeah. W twenty five W twenty, um, from natural gas. So, yeah. but I, for whatever reason my well had, from I natural
2: had, gas. That's the GTL because for a time that's that was solely what we were using as our base oil and penzoil platinum.
0: Well, I do. I can, you'll be happy to hear this because there, there's an oil change place that we would go to and they were penzoil branded for years and they switched to Valvoline. And then I'm like, well, screw it. They're same guys. So we were going in there. Well, of course these, this 17 Rams got that stupid, uh, displacement on demand stuff that I hate with every fiber of my being. And my lifters were ticking, you know, and I could hear it. And I put that pencil in and they stopped ticking. So, beautiful. You know, I hate DOD with a passion.
1: Check's in the mail, Chris. Check's in the mail. So.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Solved the problem. All right. Well, thank Karen, Karen thank you for being here. And thank you for your
1: time. Okay. And we, uh, we'll we see you in Louisville a couple yeah. weeks. Okay. So.
2: Thanks for having me. Look forward to yep. it. See you. Right. Right. Have a thank good weekend. Sure. Bye. Thanks.
1: Bye. Okay. Well, there uh, you go. We uh, have all of our knowledge on oil now. So.
0: Yeah, well, we need to start using the right term: conventional versus synthetic. It's conventional and synthetic, but it all comes out of the ground. It's all dinosaurs and just refined more, refined uh, dinosaurs more and and and
1: different additives. So right
0: now, someone did have a, te- a question um, that really wasn't specific to her, so y'all don't have to get PM as often with that. oil. no, but. The oil is as much of the oil as it is the OPS because we can sample the oil every 25,000 miles and the lab can tell us whether or not it needs changed. And so it's not uncommon for a truck to go two, three, 400,000 miles without dumping the oil. Now, there's been new oil put in along the way with makeup oil, um, but, you know, it's... The whole,
1: the whole reason that we use this OPS product is that not to have to do PMs. Okay. Cause PMs cost money Yep. and to use the synthetic oil that we use so that we get the better performance and the better fuel mileage and all those things. It's $550 every time you do a PM just for the oil. So that's why we don't do that. That's why we use this onboard <clears throat> filtering uh, filtration system so that we don't have to throw
0: the oil away because there's nothing wrong with it. It's clean. So And you get to and you get to pay TA for their expert and outstanding labor along with And it. if you don't understand what that OPS
1: is, go back to episode one oh eight. We explain it in depth. And we talk about it again in wow, what was the last one, Chris? A couple weeks ago?
0: Oh, 152,
1: I think. One fifty one. So that will explain to you the what the OPS is. So uh it's well i'm it's probably the number one thing we do to a truck to make that's the first step in making a truck lunatic after buying it spec properly somebody said something about buying trucks
0: i'm glad to hear that we inadvertently probably did pick the best oil you know
1: yeah i mean i wasn't lying you know look at the cmc we tested look there's 500 people out there just like me and we test everything okay that's how i got on the shape roll. somebody's Said the shape Road in. Anyway, I tried four different oils, you know, and, and, uh, and everybody else did too. And honestly, and I, you know, I, I wasn't going to say this necessarily in front of her, but honestly, we couldn't find a difference. I mean, there wasn't a measurable difference that we could tell. Now, again, we're not right. chemists, uh, but in terms of the things that we measured, the metrics that we were going for, we didn't find anything that was, that was significantly different. And so whenever I decided to have a, a fleet of trucks with drivers from all over the country, I, I look, I just gotta have, I've got to have a good oil that will do what we need to do. That's readily available. And at that time, the show was like eighteen, twenty bucks at Walmart, mm, the yeah. hotel at T6, you know, so that's just where we went to now. It turned out that it was a good choice, but I wasn't going to buy it at the truck stop. That's for damn sure and
0: so Listen, you want you are, you want to get your ass chewed real quick go buy a gallon of rotel at t5 or t6 at the truck stop and watch what happens to you yeah um, so
1: you know it, it, and every and all everybody goes to walmart and buys their supplies and like well just do get two or three gallons while you're there you know and throw in the truck that way you've always got it so but anyway that was before amazon now you can just order on amazon you know have it shipped to you but
0: but, it was, but uh, they won't. But they won't send you eleven. That's what. That, no, uh, no. There's a limit to what they'll send you. Yeah, they'll they like one. I'm gonna send you five, and one I'm gonna send you six. Which is you done. gotta Just order some, on. then you gotta
1: get your sister to order some, then you gotta get your mother to order some, have it all shipped to the same place. You know, but um, but no, it's been it's been a look. It's been a great a great oil for us. I mean, we don't don't have any issues at all with it, uh, except right now having trouble finding it. But
0: uh, yeah. Well, we, we, I'll take my truck with us to the truck show, and maybe they'll have a gallon or a 55-gallon drum we can bring, bring home with us. Yeah. Because uh, I think the the last time we ordered the 55-gallon, we were in the $26 range. 20, 25, $24, 26. $24, I think. 20, yeah. 24 we're change. Yeah. Um I think. Hey, now. If you're interested in a 55-gallon drum of 5W40 Valvoline Premium Blue, I can hook you up. Full synthetic Valvoline. We have 55 gallons. Of we will make you a deal. <laughs> yeah. um, come and get it. Uh, I don't know how we'll get it in your vehicle because it's heavy as hell, but we'll figure something <laughs> out. We'll, we'll get it in there if you show up. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> putting it in your sleeper, okay? So you're going to have to come no. up with some kind of other plan. Bring your trailer. <laughs> um. Well, so let's talk about Matt's for a little bit. Coming
1: up, Mid-America Truck Show, uh, March 30, 31, April 1 in Louisville, mm-hmm. Kentucky. Uh, it's the biggest truck show in the Western Hemisphere, I guess. And uh, it's a million and a half square feet of under-roof display exhibits. Uh, when you say truck show, some people get the misconception. There is a truck pride and polish beauty show in the parking lot. Uh, and if that's your thing, then that's there too. But it, it's more of a trade show and a convention and uh, and an exhibit. Uh, there are a lot of uh, seminars there that you can attend, uh, educational kinds of things all every day, all day. Uh, and then there's just all this display space where you can look at everything from brand new trucks to brand new key rings and everything in between. Okay? Anything yeah. that does with the truck. There's even stuff there that has nothing to do with the truck. Okay? Um, like, like the, uh, the smoker uh, room, okay, if you use tobacco or use cigarettes, you can go in there and you can get inside a little aquarium and you can do your thing in there. And um, what's that got to do with trucking, right? Um, hooter girls, I don't know what that has to do with trucking, but they're there, okay? So keep in mind they understand what the demographic is and they cater to that, especially the OEMs. So there's a little eye candy there if that's your thing. Uh, but anyway, uh, it's uh, certainly worth your time if you're in the trucking industry to go in there and check out all the new stuff. You can, it's fun to go by and be able to handle things and look at it. Talk to people like Karen at the booth that are very knowledgeable about the product. That's, that's really, really good. Uh, and then you don't have to listen to all the, the 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 tales on Facebook about things. You can actually get the person yeah. who knows about it. Like the, like the catalyst, like the max mileage, okay? The lady who invented, the chemist, doctor something. that may, that. She, now, now, bring your lunch and a stool. She loves to talk about She it. loves to talk, but when you leave there, you'll understand how that
0: works. Okay? You will understand it on a molecular level. Absolutely. Okay?
1: Now, your eyes may be glazed over and all that kind of stuff, but anyway, get plenty of rest the night before you go talk to her and uh, get a good breakfast and then go sit down and talk to Jane, Dr. Jane. And she will tell you about the catalyst and you'll understand. You'll walk away and go, I know what that shit's about now. Okay. <laughs> so all this other stuff, you don't have to listen to anymore. So, and that's how it is with everything there. You can go and you can talk to the people that know what they're talking about. So we will be there. We don't have a booth. We're, we're mobile. Uh, we're we're going to, Chris and I are going to go on Thursday just for us to see the show. If you run across this, we'll speak to you, but we're not there in official the capacity. Or, excuse me, Friday, we're going to hang around either at the Landstar booth in the South Hall or the Landstar Hospitality Suite because there's a couple of classes up there that we want to attend. We'll be back and forth between Landstar booth and the South Hall. Easy to find. 40 feet up in the air, suspended from the ceiling, is a big round banner with Landstar on it. Okay. We'll be right below that. Uh, And then on Saturday, we're going to be in West Wing in the area where Pittsburgh Power and most of our suppliers that we use of products are all together right there in the West Wing. So <clears throat> if you guys want to to come find us and, and introduce yourselves and talk to us and joke smoke and, you know, tell lies, we're, we'll be happy to do that for you. Um, <clears throat> do we need to do any kind of, um, any kind of uh, advertising or commercialization? <clears throat>
0: Um, we, we mm-hmm. could use, we could use some applicants. Um, <clears throat> we, we do have listen, a couple of, we do have a truck or two available. Well, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and let's, we commented a little bit on the rates last week, but, and, and it, it, it was just as bad this week as it was last week. Um, I think that the, 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 we've, we've reached the floor. Now, whether we go, whether we fall through it, uh, and go down a couple of levels is yet to be seen. Um, but as we saw, um, they're starting to fall. Freight waves had an article, uh, about a trucking company in North Carolina that has ceased operation, 140 drivers out of work. Uh, what was the word they used? An un, well, they
1: un, had one, they had one customer, they had a primary customer that gave the freight to somebody else because it was, they underbid. Yeah. So because they had all their eggs in one basket, they went away. So,
0: Yeah but it was un, 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 unexpected is the word un, unexpe- unexpected, unexpected <laughs> economic. Ner- I'm like Stevie wonder could have seen this coming. Okay. <laughs> um, a- as your humble host here on the blue ribbon podcast, have been telling you all for two years that this was coming. <clears throat> um, but I have a couple, I have a couple of hypotheses. One of which <laughs> is,
1: Wait, wait, wait. Spell that
0: hypothesis. Hypotheses. It's it's spelled just the same as hypothesis, but it sounds better. No, Uh, it's not. Actually, no, wait a A minute. Hypotheses is is the plural of hypothesis.
1: It ends in E-S, not I-S.
0: Well, whatever. Anyway, I've
1: slept with an English teacher for the better part of 45 years. And
0: and I can tell that sometimes it didn't take. Um, (laughs) So here's a couple things that I think, because one thing is different from 09, 14, 17, 20, right, when we've had these dips in the market. One major thing is different, and in any of those downturns, banks were not handing out loans at 4 and 5 and maybe even $6,000 a month payments. Um, there were people in trouble because their margins were too tight, and when the rates fell, they couldn't survive anymore. Uh, they were still way undercapitalized, but I, I'm i thinking that this one is going to be worse and maybe take out more people faster because of these ridiculous $1,200 a week Schneider Finance loans and these $5,000 a month truck payments. Um, <clears throat> I don't think I told you this, but I attended the ATBS online seminar this week. So oh.
1: I knew we couldn't do it tonight because we had the guest, but I have I will have a wrap-up for us. We can do in, I don't know, next couple of weeks. Um, the numbers are staggering. The numbers mm. are staggering. Um, so, um, we look, we've been talking about this now for almost a year and a half. All right. And, and now it's, it looks like it's, it's, it's here, you know? I mean, we listen, we've been doing this for a long time. I have never seen freight as hard to find as it is right now. Uh, yeah. I literally could not find a load today for a driver in Louisville, Kentucky could not find a load, you know, so, um, you know, it's, it's going it's to be a little rough for the next few months here. Everybody that I, that I respect and, and read and talk to and, what, you know, the, the last quarter of this year, last half or last quarter of this year, I think we're going to kind of uh, have hit bottom and on the way back up. Um, and I hate to say it this way, but the sooner that the, um, you know, that the people who aren't, uh, shouldn't be in business are gone the the, the better the quicker um, because let's let's face it everybody and their brother decided and they're still trying to listen they're still trying to get in I still every day see offers of asset um, uh, you know uh, of of, uh, of passive income in the trucking industry do this buy this do this in the trucking industry the greatest industry in the world <laughs> you know and you know and they, and, there's, and there's people here that came and find a load right you know so it's going to take a while, um, but it, it it's going to come. I mean, it always has. It always will. Here's where the lunatic model works, because hey, we can we can haul a load for a buck and a half and make a profit. Okay, not very many people can, but we can. So, um, and if you if you don't spend a lot too much money for a truck. And you don't spend too much money throwing you all the way over 15,000 miles and doing stupid things. You can keep your cost of operation down. And here's where the, here's where it pays off. This is where it pays off is because we can stay in business. We can haul freight at a much lower rate and still stay in business. And then when things get right again, we bank, we don't back off. We don't haul, we don't go from going four or five loads a week to 1.7, like most BCOs do. We keep hauling. And so you build up this nice little nest egg uh, and that way you can survive the next downturn because it's going to keep be here. This is not the last one, you know, Uh, they're going to come more often. This one, this one took five years to get here. The next one will take about 18 months and then we'll be back again doing this all over again. But that's why what we do works. It's exactly why it works.
0: So have you, have you seen this Silicon Valley bank failure today?
1: No, I have not. How'd uh, you see it? Where'd you
0: see it? Uh, I saw it on Twitter. Um,
1: yeah. I did, listen, I've been watching basketball all day between trying to find loads.
0: So, so they're, seeing... they're saying it's the biggest bank failure since 2008. Good. And and apparently they hold a lot of, uh, or they they have a, a lot of connections to payroll companies. Um, but, uh, uh, and I saw some, 85% of their deposits were not, FDIC insurer, and so of course now their customers are making a run on the banks and freaking out. What uh, what bank was this? Silicon Valley Bank. Well, there's
1: there's three words you don't want to have together <laughs> one word, in one one sentence. <laughs> Silicon Valley Bank. Okay, yeah. I can add a third word in there. Take the bank out, and put screwed. Yeah, yeah. And you'd be more like. Uh,
0: I mean it. More than ninety three. I'm just reading this. More than ninety three percent of the bank's hundred and sixty one billion in in deposits were uninsured. Um, hundred sixty one billion. I mean, is a big number, but um, we got a trillion dollar economy. So I'm gonna I'm gonna just pause and and kind of wait because so many times this stuff is. Yeah, um, you
1: don't. You don't. First, first of all, hey, citizen,
0: hmm. be very afraid yeah i've listened well, that's like been there, that's, done that's, that.
1: like, that's like the oil additive thing we just talked about okay so let's uh let's see what happens maybe maybe not what else we need to talk about
0: um uh yeah. let's see um do, 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 do. we talked about the truck show we had our guests we had new drivers um rates market conditions it's bad uh, so it's
1: terrible we we're probably going to be in west virginia next weekend we've got a impromptu orientation that we're going to be doing probably next weekend so we'll we'll probably be seeing you from west virginia next friday same bat station same bat time uh if you're coming through west virginia stop and say hello we'll be at the Wingate by windham hotel on hurricane road hurricane lane hurricane, hurricane creek hurricane, hurricane creek, creek, creek road yeah yeah so um uh we will be there uh, did you find my bourbon by the way i did not what's what's your what are You What are you waiting on
0: um you well i'm gonna have, been, that, I, have I, that i don't found by next friday okay? i don't know if you noticed but i've been a little busy this week yeah but you
1: gotta get your priorities squared away okay so <clears throat>
0: Now I got to go back through all your texts and try to figure out what it was called again. <laughs> John J. Bowman, is that' what we're looking yeah, for.
1: Bowman, Man, don't get don't, Well, there's two different ones. They're small batch and they're single barrel. I'd prefer to have the single barrel if you can find it. Now okay. it's going to be double the cost, but
0: okay, use well, my
1: yeah. use my credit card. So I'd
0: be glad to. <clears throat> uh okay, I think we've done all we the anybody, We, we got
1: anybody new in here. Somebody said they were gonna bring a truck here. Who is that? Joshua somebody? Joshua mm, Cope? You're in the process see. of finding a truck and turn it into a lunatic. Hey, I've got an announcement. I've got Go an announcement. I've got announcement. We have got a couple of lunatic trucks that are going to come up for sale. Um we got a, we got one of our truck owners that has bought a big fancy ass trailer. And he wants to sell a couple of his lunatic trucks to pay for the trailer. So if you've been looking for a lunatic truck and it's ready to go, including a driver, you got to leave it here, obviously, to get the driver. Um, reach out to me, Larry at Blue Ribbon logistics.com Larry at Blue Ribbon logistics.com And I will talk to you about the the potential here. So you could, uh, you could buy the truck. You could leave it right where it is. It's got a driver in it making money as we speak. Both of them do. So, um, for the low, that, low
0: price of nine ninety
1: <laughs> it'll be better than that. But, uh, anyway, if, uh, I mean, I hate, listen, you guys email me all the time. Want to know where to find a truck. Well, here's one already. It's been in our system. Now, both of these been in our system now for damn near two years. He gonna so you going to sell we, both of them. Yeah. We have, <laughs> we have all the history on them. They've been operating. We know we, all the lunatic stuff we have done to it them so uh let me know if you're interested chris you got a banner for me larry at blue river logistic.com probably i don't believe so anyway reach out to me and i'll uh i'll hook you up so um and we can use trucks right now so any guys out there that want to get in this deal and have a lunatic truck and you want us to (laughs) manage it for you and put a driver in it and all that sort of stuff uh reach out to us at um i don't know What's the what's the email address, Chris? They go to. Let me get my banners. BRLS
0: podcast at gmail.com. That almost sounds like Br five
1: four nine when mm-hmm. you start that. BR five four nine at podcast.com.
0: Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. It's a
1: junior samples.
0: Yeah. Goodness. Well,
1: uh, it's been an hour and a twenty eight minutes and the, my beloved Kentucky Wildcats are about 10 minutes from starting the conference uh, tournament, so I'm going to get out of here and uh, go uh, tap into a little bit of... It's Friday night, secondary. Oh, dude. What? We forgot the other sponsor again. Oh, gosh. we we got we to give him a year's sponsorship for free.
0: <sighs> well, listen, this is what you get for messing with lunatics and idiots and um, you know
1: well put put it up there real quick, and talk about it, and then we'll get we'll do it again next week, and we'll give him another one for free okay so okay um <clears throat> we, we listen we're really really good to our sponsors, and we just forget you you know <laughs> uh, we, we don't do half the shit you ask us to do uh i don't you know if we had a producer if we had a producer, we'd be much better off, but we can't afford one right and, um and I think it would take away from the uh we're, 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 <laughs> we're endearing because we're, we are so unprofessional. So it's our, it's our shtick. So anyway, yeah,
0: we, we can keep telling ourselves that I'm going to turn uh, this
1: over to you and let you uh, talk about this.
0: Um, all right. So, well, is- so, uh, let me make, let me click a couple of buttons here and, um, I feel so, I feel, I feel bad for this guy. Because he's well, got a he's got a fantastic podcast. He does. It, he does. Why don't you call um, him and apologize to him and, okay.
1: and tell him we'll make it and better? It's,
0: it's called What Was That Like Podcast. I tell you what, he needs to interview himself and say, What was that like uh paying for a sponsorship on the Blue Ribbon <laughs> podcast? You know, because he'll, he he'll he
1: probably will do he'll that. He'll be
0: able to tell this traumatic story of, tell you what, of, we'll do. of next, survival
1: next weekend. We'll start out with it next
0: weekend. But we'll, okay. we'll do it before First thing. we do. Yeah. 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 First, so. um, because what a bunch of idiots. Anyway, really? What Was That Like um, podcast uh, is hosted by Scott Johnson. Um, and he interviews people who have been through a traumatic or life changing situation and lets them tell their story um, and, and kind of just gets out of the way and gives them a voice, gives them an opportunity to say uh, that. And so here is a clip. This is called Jill Was Kept in a Basement.
2: Well, damn! That was a hell of a um,
1: that's, hey. That's appropriate for the truckers. That's not like a lot lizard to me. So,
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, well, so well, somebody's y'all. Please send him an email. Uh, talk to him and 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 apologize on our behalf. Uh, and that's what was that like podcast. What was that uh, available on all podcast platforms. Um, you truck drivers should be eating that stuff up because you need to turn the news off anyway. You're yeah, going to drive your you're, you're going to yeah. drive your truck off into a river if you keep listening to politics. So just turn on the "What Was That Like" podcast, uh, and it'll make the miles just melt away.
1: Yeah, you've got nothing else to do but listen. So really, support <clears throat> our support our sponsor. Okay, makes us want to do this every week, even if even though even though we do forget them once in a while. So. <laughs> Yeah, You know, if we had a banner right there, Chris, we wouldn't do that. You should make a banner.
0: Well, I tell you what I'm doing, I'm going to put a Post-it note on my freaking screen that says, hey, dumbass, don't forget the sponsor. That's a um, good idea.
1: Yeah. Especially, emphasize the dumbass part of I've,
0: it. Listen, I've had a long damn day, and I'm tired as hell. So, uh, let's shut this thing down before we do anything else stupid. Um, All right, well... well um probably live next Friday from hurricane. So, uh um, probably more like, maybe <clears throat> Yeah, you'll find out the, yeah, the, we'll, the, we'll be the on
1: Friday nights from somewhere, whether it's here or, or in West Virginia, but, uh, and we can't tell you because we're waiting for Landstar to do their mm-hmm. thing. Okay. So, um, that'll and, drive you a know, drink that, that. Yeah. That's not something that we can do much about. Um, so we'll have to just find out. We'll, we'll know Monday or Tuesday, but I guess Chris can put it in the thumbnail if, if it matters. Yeah.
0: It don't uh, matter. We'll be here at 8 o'clock. Unless
1: you're coming through West Virginia to hang out with us, it really won't matter. So Right. Um, but uh, anyway,
0: well, guys, be safe this week.
1: Take care. Uh, um, support our sponsors, both of them. And uh, uh, go buy some Shell Rotella. Support that um, that person, Karen. And um, come by the mats and talk to her at the Shell Rotella booth, and uh,
0: we'll see you guys next week. Okay. All right, everybody, be good. We'll see you next time. Good night, everybody.